What's up, guys? It's the Blue Bloods, and we are back, man. All the festivities down in Mobile, Alabama are over. We're here to recap them all. We saw a great game between the National and American team for a while. Probably second half is where you probably should have watched, man. So we're going to break down everything. The key takeaways from the game, we're going to break down how Kellen Mond took home MVP award honors. We're going to break down some stock risers, some guys who just I didn't think were going to play this well that really showed out down in Mobile, Alabama. We're going to talk some losers of the week. Who should have just skipped the senior bowl or stepped up a little bit more? Whose stock is dropping fast? And to wrap off the episode, we are going to talk about some players that should have went down to Mobile and proven their worth. Who was missing from this super important game, especially with the cancellation of the NFL of the NFL Combine this year? Guys, we have a full show today, so let's go ahead and kick it off. start here Brandon man we saw like I said a really good game the national team ended up taking it 27-24 even though the American team stormed back in the second scoring 16 points just in that third quarter I mean but what was your key takeaway who were you super super impressed with during the game and you know to wrap all this up in Mobile what what are you leaving with so I mean I, I, I guess maybe the most obvious choice here has to be Kellen Mond. Like, I I definitely didn't predict him going out there and happening in the kind of game that he did. Uh, I can't remember if I like if I trashed it like I normally do on the last episode for the preview, or if I was just kind of like whatever. We'll, we'll figure out when we get there. Um, what I do know is that I didn't like. I, like I said, I I had absolutely no idea he'd have this kind of performance. Um, I don't have a stat sheet pulled up in front of me for Kellen Mond, but I, just watching the game, I was thoroughly impressed. Obviously, you know he went on. And Zach mentioned this before the show. Um, Zach was in the press conference. He said Kellen Mond seemed even kind of surprised about how about his performance in this one. So um, I think that he was especially like an easy one to pick, an easy player to pick uh, someone who shined during this game. His quarterbacks didn't have a whole lot of luck, I'd say. Um, I don't think we saw a whole lot of great quarterback play in this game. No, I don't think we did either. I mean, but you got to start with Kellen Mond, man. You always got to start with the MVP of the game. He threw for right. over 170 yards, two touchdowns. Brandon, he was the second leading rusher on the American squad as well. And I, I think we didn't expect much from Kellen Mond, Brandon, because the other quarterback on the team, I think everyone thought he was going to get more playing time with in Jamie Newman. He was a... You know, transfer from Wake Forest. He ended up opting out of the season, going to Georgia. And I think he got a lot of time, but, man, he looked rough in that time, and it really opened the door in the second half for Kellen Mond to put on a show. Right, right. And that's one of the things, I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about it later, but, I mean, there, there's there's some players in this game who showed up and didn't perform well, and I think it's going to end up hurting their draft stock. 
Yeah, I mean, let's uh, the one of the big storylines. I don't know if you watched like the full game or not, but the announcers were talking that um, Jim Nagy asked um, Jamie Newman which helmet he wanted to wear, and based on the reaction of Georgia Twitter and the Georgia fan base, they were worried about the reaction Georgia fans were going to have if he wore a Georgia helmet. So Jim Nagy made the executive decision to make him wear a Wake Forest helmet. That's crazy. I, I feel like you got to give the kid a choice, right? <laughs> I don't know, man. Those Georgia fans are kind of scary, Brandon. I don't know if you've ever been, you know, I'm not going to get too specific here, but you've never been walking out of the Georgia Dome after Auburn lost the SEC championship and having grown men come up and bark in your face. It's a pretty interesting experience. So I don't know <laughs> if he, it was one that um, Jamie Newman wanted to experience. But, I mean, I, I'm not p- pointing fingers or saying I've ever experienced that, but – um, they do it to everybody. I saw a kid get barked in his face. So it happens, you know, or this, Brandon, how about when, you know, Tennessee hits the Hail Mary and I see a grown man pour a whole beer on a woman's head because she was cheering for Tennessee. Stop. I'm so Stop serious. That. This is a real thing. Like uh, there were other Georgia fans that were like, man, he's a bad fan. I'm like, that's y'all. That That is y'all's fan. Isn't that y'all's homie? <laughs> <laughs> it's, y'all it was cool. It's a whole thing. So, as y'all can tell, I love Georgia fans. They're the best. I'm inviting them all to my wedding in the future. But, you know, on top of – for Kellen Mombrand, I mean, in the press conference, he was asked um, by me, I guess. But I asked him about, you know, what did Jimbo Fisher – like, Like, what did he think of the development? What was different about playing under someone like Jimbo Fisher? And he said that, you know, Jimbo gets a lot of credit for his development. But the biggest thing that he noticed this week is how Jimbo Fisher has such an NFL head head coaching style. He was like, dude, like, he was like, I got the exact same type of coaching this week that I've had my whole career with Jimbo Fisher. He was like, it literally was not a big adjustment for me this week. And I think that just speaks to why Jimbo Fisher turns out so many NFL quarterbacks, man. He knows what it takes, and he's coaching his guys like that. And I'm really, really excited to see what Jimbo Fisher and A&M can do with these young quarterbacks they got on their roster now. Right. No, I mean, it's it's definitely exciting, I guess, if you're if, you, if you're into that sort of thing. If you like uh, Texas A&M or whatnot, I don't know. If you, if, you, <laughs> if you listen to us, there's no chance you like Texas A&M. I'll say I don't it. know. Texas is our second most listened to state. So there might be some Texas, some Texas a fans listening right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, I mean, really and truly, man, like you said, the key takeaway for the game for me is how good the def- like the defensive players look compared to the offensive players. So I mean, when I was looking at stock risers and you know MVPs of the game. It was really hard to pick. I mean, I think there's only about, like, what, three or four players on offense that really, I think, improved their stock at all? Yeah, I, I, I can definitely see that. And that's that's a tough look when we sat here on the preview and we're like, <laughs> we're saying that this was going to be so important because of the uh, um, because there was no combine this year. Yeah, I mean, and – it, it 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 is still in like it's still important. I mean, and I think there were some quarterbacks and offense players that got exposed in terms of you know going up against the best of the best. They couldn't produce on that level. And I mean, I'm not going to spoil anything, but there were players who switched positions that outplayed people who have played that position their whole career. That's not a good look. Yes, that's a tough right. look. And I think there were some players that got exposed, but Brandon, let's go ahead and move on here, man. Let's talk about, let's start with the positives. Let's have the good news first, everybody. 
Who are like a hand a player? Let's start with just one player right now. We'll go back and forth on this. Give me your top player. Who improved their stock the most this week, you think? I'm gonna go with Demetric Felton. Yeah, and I know I, I mentioned like that. him. I know I mentioned him in the preview as one of my sleepers because he was going to be playing that wide receiver position. And he did. And Zach, I mean, this, and obviously, if, if you guys were paying attention 30 seconds ago, Zach said that there was a, there were players playing positions they don't really play, whatever, whatever, whatever he said. This is who he's talking about. He's talking about Demetri Felton, who just came out <laughs> as a wideout and is just, I mean, just running these routes like he's been playing this position his entire career. And, and yeah, I think, like I said, you know, I went on that tangent on the last episode about how. Uh, today's NFL, this is the kind of player you want. You want this kind of utility, running back, wide receiver, whatever. Uh, you're going to have that in Demetri Felton. I honestly think that he could go in one of the early rounds in this draft. Um, you know, you know, it's the craziest one of the crazy. I mean, I know I already told you about the speed stat, but this one might be crazier, Brandon. Out of every single wide receiver that went to Mobile, Alabama, Demetri Felton had the highest win rate on one-on-ones at practice. That's crazy. He won 62% of his one-on-ones in practice. I mean, that's just wild. <laughs> that kid's a baller. <laughs> Say what you want. The kid is nothing but a baller. I mean, 5'10", 200 pound. And I don't think, Brandon, I know, uh, listen, I know Kadarius Tony's a human joystick. I think Demetri Felton's right there, if not better. The athleticism this kid showed this week is just uh, listen, I, I don't even know what words to put it in, but he was one of my favorite players to watch. And I think, I don't think he's going to be first round, Brandon, probably not even second, but whoever gets him through like the third, fifth round is going to get a possible star at the running back slash wide receiver position. Right, right. And you know, listen, okay, I wanted to start with a running back too, but I have to talk about this guy. This was the star of, I, I know Kellerman won MVP, but this is the real star, Quinn Manirez, man. Yeah. Wisconsin Whitewater, center guard. We made a whole joke about this. But Brandon, did you see some of the like stories that came out during the game about this kid? Uh I don't guess I did. I guess I wasn't paying that much. He's attention. got a mullet. That that's yeah. legendary already. He's he's over there buying Jim Nagy t shirts. He's giving t shirts to the announcers of the game. And they he was dominating people, Brandon. I mean Listen, we talked about Patrick Jones II from Pitt as one of the best edge rushers in this draft. He was putting them in the dirt, rep after rep after rep. And there are people saying that Quinn Meneras is a a possible first-round pick now. I mean, that's wild. That's That's This is a a Division III, Wisconsin-Whitewater O'Lyman, and there were scouts saying that he could be the best offensive lineman that came to Mobile this week, and Brandon Alex Leatherwood came. Right, right. That's that's tough. That is a is that tough. is a real tough look. And you know, if we're gonna snake it, my running back Brandon, you already know where I'm going. You you already yeah. know I am so high on this kid, Michael Carter. This man yeah. is a monster. That that's a grown man. I mean. Brandon, his first run, he breaks it for 30 yards after running over a defensive tackle, juking out a linebacker, and outrunning a DB to the edge. Just in one play. The first play, I mean, and Brandon, he led all rushers in this game. He had eight carries for 60 yards and a touchdown. He was averaging over seven and a half yards per carry in the senior bowl. No, I mean, 
dude, he he was he was incredibly good this weekend. And I mean, I I get it. Javante Williams gets all the shine, all the shine because he's the more explosive back, Brandon. But I think Michael Carter's athleticism and physicality is going to make him an every down back in the NFL. I think that's yeah. it's a good recipe. I think Javante Williams might be more athletic. He might be a better pass catcher, but I don't think you could sleep on Michael Carter either. And I think I think personally he might have improved his stock the most because so many people were thinking that it was just a Javante Williams system. I think he made a name for himself this weekend. And based on everything I've been reading, hearing people talk, I, I think I think Michael Carter arguably had the, one of the best weekends down in Mobile. No, I agree with you, Zach. I try to tell y'all I gave him my MVP for the ACC. So you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna get I'm gonna give y'all one more. Um, and it's a guy who I think his draft stock was already pretty high, but. Uh, I think that uh, he may have benefited from catching uh, passes from Kellen Mond in this game, but Amari Rogers looked incredible, right? I mean, he looked really good in this game. Um, Obviously he had that, he had that really nice catch in double coverage for a touchdown um, pretty early in the game. Uh, But I mean, he had all kind of, he had all kind of looks during this game. I mean, he was, he was, I'm not going to say he was burning uh, DBs, but he kind of was. He just looked, a lot better than he looks in Clemson's system this year, which is weird. That's, that's that's kind of a crazy thing to say. I think he's going to be one of those wide receivers that, um, yes, he played for Clemson, and yes, people think he's going to be pretty good. You know, they may think that he's a little overrated because he was playing in a system with with Trevor Lawrence. Um, but I think he I think he showed people this weekend that he can, or this entire week really that he can really play with the best of them. Yeah, I think he showed to, like, a lot of people were thinking that, like you said, it was Trevor Lawrence, it was the scheme. I think he showed that he has elite separation. He has real ability to get open on his own, and I think that was the biggest question for Amari Rodgers all season. Plus, you know, I mean, Brandon, did you ever watch a Clemson game and think, oh, that wide receiver's that wide receiver is the best player on the field? No, not once. No. Not once. It doesn't matter who was out there with him. So I think this – I think – so a lot of people probably looked at Amari Rogers and was like, why would he come to the Senior Bowl? And I think it was to prove that he wasn't carried by anybody, that right. he made his own way, and I think he did that perfectly. And, you know, one more player here, and I already talked about this player, Brandon. I got to go with Tony Fields the second yeah. Linebacker out of West Virginia – um, you know, I posted it on um, my Twitter after after the game that he was one of like the big winners, and I thought like so we had access since we covered the Senior Bowl, we had a- access to all the practice film, all the interviews throughout the week, all the film breakdowns, everything, and he just popped off the screen for me. To be completely honest with y'all, this kid is a baller. He's athletic. He's big. He's strong, and he's instinctive. And I think you know. If he wouldn't have been stuck at Arizona for three years, Brandon, when they were complete, you know what? I, th- we're talking about this kid it easily, easily could have been a Bernard Award candidate or something like that. I, I think that kid, I think this kid is that good, and I just think he got stuck in bad systems. I think he, I just think he got overlooked because of where you know he played, and so personally. I, I would. I really wanted to give this kid a shout out, and I and I personally think Brandon he might have been the best linebacker down in Mobile this weekend. No, I mean I I, I can definitely uh, see that Zach. Um, 
I'm like, I don't know if he was the best, but he was definitely really, really good, and he definitely improved his draft stock. And I think we could have mentioned that in the key takeaways is that out of all the positions, linebacker and D lineman showed out this week. Right. I mean, that they went off. I mean, you had Dalen Hayes. I mean, you had Jonathan Cooper. You had KJ Britt. You had Tony Fields. You had Rashad Weaver. I mean, the list goes on and on. I mean, look at Cam Sample, Brandon from Tulane. They all were showing out all week, and I think game game day they put on a show. If you were a defense, if you were a front seven guy, you loved this weekend because they all showed out. But Brandon, we got to give the we got to give listeners a little bit of bad news, and I know I'm going to catch heat for my picks here. So I'll start it out just to, just because I have a lot to say about this guy. We're going to talk about the losers of the week. Whose draft stock plummeted this week? And, Brandon, there's no surprise here. I'm going with Jamie Newman, number one. Yeah, that was my number one pick as well. We can, we can piggyback off each other, but, Brandon, this kid looked overwhelmed from the jump. I he think looked... he, he – I mean, he definitely hurt himself by sitting out this season. Uh, I know that he thought that would it might help him. Um it honestly might have hurt him even more by going to actually play for Georgia, right? Uh, he Listen, okay, I get it. Stetson Bennett, and I'm blanking on the other kid's name because he was so bad, and now I'm, I, I'm pissing myself off forgetting his name. Anyway, he might have been the worst quarterback on Georgia's roster. <laughs> God, okay. <laughs> Stetson I Bennett mean, looked good there for a few weeks. Yeah, he did. And I'm not taking I'm not taking him over JT Daniels. No, I agree. So he's at least he's at least a third, right? And Brandon, the thing is, okay, so they both played a, a relatively even amounts. How in the world can you explain Kellerman having no sacks, two touchdowns over 170 yards, and Jamie Newman having an interception and being sacked four times? Yeah, I mean that's that's a. I mean, you you make a good point, Zach. I'll say that about you if I can't say anything else nice about you. I mean, his pocket presence, man. I I know people who have never played football in their life where you could throw them back there blindfolded and they have better pocket presence than that. I mean, he he had no feel for the pocket, Brandon. I did think he threw a – I don't think he threw a very good ball. Like, personally, I don't see the arm talent that takes at the next level. And – he just didn't impress me. Okay, so I get it. No one on the other team looked good, but the other side had Felipe Franks being their best quarterback. <laughs> that is a fact. I mean, that's not much. And everyone's been so critical of Kellen Mond, but you got outplayed by Kellen Mond by a significant amount. That's what I'm saying. And I get it. He wasn't going to be a high draft pick anyway, especially with the opt-out. But, Brandon, we're now talking about maybe not even being drafted. Right, that's tough. I listen. I, I'm here to say it. I would. I would. I would. Okay, this is gonna sound real bad. I would take Felipe Franks in the draft over Jamie Newman. Yeah, I know. See, that does sound really bad. That sounds really, really bad, Zach. But would you? I don't. I don't think so. I, but I will say this: I'm not drafting Jamie Newman as the quarterback for the future. I'm drafting Jamie Newman the same way the Packers drafted Jordan Love, if I'm drafting him at all. Because you <laughs> need sit. that one guy, basically, like to sit behind. Like, yeah, you're telling me that if, that if the Buccaneers drafted Jamie Newman, that wouldn't be maybe a decent move. I mean, he's got the potential. He gets to sit behind uh, Tom Brady and develop, you know? No, listen, if the Bucs are going to draft anyone, I would love to see them get someone like Kyle Trask. 
Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but like, imagine that Kyle Trask doesn't exist. Does that make sense to you? Like, like do, you, do you understand my sentiment? <laughs> I understand it. I just, I don't think he has much potential. I think this is like it. I really? think, I think he might have been the worst player to opt out. You opted out and then declared for the draft, knowing good and damn well you were not a top. Like you weren't even a draft pick. Yeah, <laughs> fair. You just had a little I, bit of college hype. Uh, he got hype at Wake Forest. You're right. That's what I'm saying. I mean, Brandon. Do you, okay. Well, let's. Well, let me put it like this: If he played for Georgia all season, he started all season. Would they have a better or worse record than they did this year? Uh, I probably worse. Would they beat Cincinnati with Jamie Newman? No. What would, would they, they barely would they, beat with JT Daniels? Exactly. What do you think they would have beaten Alabama? No. Do you think they would have beaten Florida in a rematch? Um, which we're talking about like end of the season Florida or beginning of the season Florida? We're talking about the Florida they face, like middle of the season. Oh, so no, they would have lost. They would have lost and. Would you have any confidence that they would have beaten Kentucky, who they only beat four, 14 to 3? Uh, yeah, probably still. It's probably still beat Kentucky. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, I'm sorry to any Kentucky fans out there, but listen, I mean, like, they on. had they had some struggle wins even with even with JT Daniels at starting quarterback. People forget Mississippi State was beating them in Athens in, in JT Daniels' first start. That's true. And if, Jamie, sporting, dude. and if Jamie Newman was to start a quarterback, I, Mississippi State probably would have had a better chance to pull that upset off. And I don't think that same momentum would have been the same against Auburn either if Jamie Newman's in there. Yeah, no, I can see that. So I think Jamie Newman was a huge loser, Brandon. And so I've, is, um, for next, this is going to sound so bad because I know where our listening base is, but I'm not the only one saying this. I think Alex Leatherwood and Deontay Brown had terrible weeks. No, nah, dude. Okay, so what I will say is that I don't know that that's Alex Leatherwood's fault. He was just uh, he was just he just happened to play offensive line against a really really good defensive front. Like, <laughs> who, who even was it? Who was he? Who was? I'm I'm being serious. I'm being dead serious right now. Uh, was it? Uh, I'm trying to remember who even was uh, rushing against him for the majority of the game. I just read his name earlier. Totally forgot it, but no, I, like Alex Leatherwood. Don't worry about him. I don't know if you heard draft stock over this. Um, Brandon, there there are draft analysts now who are saying that he's not a first round talent anymore. Yeah, I mean they're wrong. Sorry, Brandon, he wrong. only all week, Brandon, for the whole week he won less than fifty percent of his one on ones in practice. That's tough. That is tough. That is very tough. I will say that's tough. He got roasted just consistently by by all the D linemen here, Brent. It wasn't just even one. It was everybody pretty much. I mean, you look at the national team D line, they had some studs over there, man. Yeah. And he couldn't stop anybody, Brandon. And I like this is coming from multiple draft experts that that he is not a first he's not going first round anymore. And that there's an argument that he's not even a top three offensive tackle in this draft right 
It was, by the way, it was Quincy Roche that he was playing that he that was going up against him most of the time during this game. I don't know how I forgot him. Quincy Roche is pretty good. I'll I will have to say that. Well, we we talked about him on almost every single episode this season, so I don't know how I just forgot his name for a second there. <laughs> but I mean, I, I get that the D line is tough, but this is a guy who played in the SEC, Brandon, and. I don't want to hear like the tough competition. If you're, if I'm going to spend a top 10 pick on an offensive tackle, I want him to be able to block the best of the best. No, I mean, I, I definitely understand that. And definitely to, win, that. To, to if I don't know, okay, you can't be a top, the top offensive tackle in the draft and win less than 50% of your reps at the senior yeah. bowl. Yeah, you're right. And, I don't know which part did you watch the early part of the game, Brandon? Uh, yes. Okay. Like on the first three drives, I don't think I saw a, play, a player stand straight up and not give any effort more than I did Deontay Brown. Yeah. No. Yeah, you're right. And he got handled by <laughs> by Jonathan Cooper and the boys on the inside. Right. Multiple plays. That they're. Brandon, there was a reason that American team did not rush for anything more than 44 yards. They averaged 1.5 yards per rush. I mean, that's that's a wild stat line on its own, by the way. I didn't <laughs> that, know that, that is. Yeah, they rushed for one point. The, the leading – so, if for running backs, Brandon, it was less than a yard of carry. Really? Yeah, because Kellen Mond averaged five and a half yards per carry. Carried his team. You hate carried to see it. it. <laughs> he carried it. I mean, they had 44 total yards rushing, Brandon. That is that is, that is bad. That's, that's real tough to look at. And I think Deontay Brown, to to be as big as you are, dude, you are, you're like 360. And people, <laughs> right. are, and people are moving you like you're a small child. Like, I, I don't want to hear it. That's, that's not a good look. And I, I don't think either of these Alabama offensive linemen had a good week, especially because of the hype they were getting. And I think you're going to see that projected in the draft, Brandon. I'm telling you, I've been reading some stuff from Matt, Mil- Matt Miller and a bunch of these other draft experts. Alex Leatherwood is almost a guarantee not to go first round anymore. That's crazy to me. I mean, you're just going to get good value in him after, after I guess. Hey, I guess. I mean, maybe, but if you're getting handled by Quincy Roche, what's going to happen when you go up against Aaron Donald or J.J. White? Like I don't like that you keep saying getting handled. It sounds dirty. <laughs> okay, getting beat. How about that? Uh, mm, okay, okay, I'll let it slide. You've made this awkward. This is now this is now the most <laughs> awkward part of this podcast in two years, man. It's just a tough look. <laughs> this is a real tough look for you. But who else lost big stock for you? Yeah, dude, I feel like, you know, obviously Kellen Mond did. Alex Leatherwood, I definitely see your point. Kellen um, Mond? You mean Jamie Newman? Mond. I'm sorry, Jamie Newman, I'm sorry. I was about uh, to say, Kellen. I was about to say, put some respect on Kellen Yeah, Mond. well, I mean, I, I had straight he was the first person that I mentioned on this episode. Um, hold up, you got me all, you got me all, you got me all <laughs> flustered now, Zach. You can't, we can't be doing this. At game time. I mean, they had their game time yesterday. I got my game time today. Um, your, your draft stock uh, is dropping right now. As, as, as know, a sportscaster, you're becoming a late-round pick. No, that, that's it for me. I mean, I can't I'm, – I'm no longer being drafted whatsoever. I'm going undrafted free agent. I'm may, I, Hopefully, I'll end up on the Chiefs. 
Um, okay. <laughs> the senior bowl recap is handling Brandon right now. <laughs> let's, 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 get it, let's get it back together, Brandon. Okay, I got mine. Here we go. I got my list pulled up now. Oh, couldn't find it for a second. Uh, yeah, so while Texas A&M, yeah, we kind of like buttered you guys up earlier. Whoever's listening, if you're a Texas A&M fan, um, we buttered you up with Kellen Mond. I'm about to bring you right back on to earth with Carson Green. Carson Green, bad showing. Um, just <laughs> yet another offensive lineman that that went out to this game and struggled against the against this defensive line. Uh, and I, and like I said, you know I will give them a little bit of a pass here just because the, these these defensive fronts were so good in this game. But Carson Green just didn't. I don't know. I get what you're saying. Alex Leatherwood kind of just stood up and didn't give a whole lot of effort, but. Carson Green, I mean, it was just straight up getting beat. Like he was, he was being beaten all game long. Yeah, uh, I mean, but you, like you look at the DNs or like the defensive line, Brandon. Look, just listen to some of these names: Jonathan Cooper, Ohio State. You had Rashad Weaver and Patrick Jones coming off the edge. You had Dalen Hayes from Notre Dame. You also had Shaka Tony off the edge. I mean, that's that's some stout competition, but. I get it, but the thing about this kid, though, is I mean, what round was he projected to go in the first place? Um, I'm not, I'm not really sure. You see, I I just don't know how how much did his stock like actually decline, like because and I just think Brandon, let's just be honest. I just think a lot of these D linemen had a lot to prove because D line is such a valuable position that it's like if you don't show out, man, you weren't going to have a spot because they're going to be looking to replace you immediately. That's true. Uh, I mean, defensive linemen, unless you're just like the top of the top in the NFL, like, good luck. You know, it's, it's, right. it's, I don't want to say it's like a high turnover rate for, for these guys, but um, there's definitely a lot of defensive uh, line talent out there. Yeah. And man, that I like that you picked another O lineman because my last one, man, is a running back, Colin Hill. Listen, you had one chance. You just pretty much kissed your chances, Kebab. Right. I mean, only 15 yards, Brandon. Average less than two and a half yards per carry. And you opt out in the middle of the season, or arguably, I would say, quit on your team in the middle of the season. And you say, like, this is it. Don't want to play for the system. And then you don't even go out here and prove that you're a go-to running back. I mean, you look at the running backs that played – Michael Carter, Ramondre Stevenson, Khalil Herbert, Elijah Mitchell for Louisiana Lafayette, which didn't get a lot of carries. I think all four of them I would take over Colin Hill right now. And then that doesn't even include Najee Harris, who didn't play, and Travis Etienne, who didn't come, and Javante Williams, who didn't come. Right. I mean, he is way down the list of running backs I would take. And, you know, you even mentioned on the preview, Colin Hill needed a needed a chance, and he was a sleeper because this is this was his chance to show he's a true go-to running back. And, you know, after the performance Michael Carter put up, Colin Hill just kind of got left in the dust, and I think that was a real bad look for him. Right, right. But, man, we're going to end this show off in with a bang, man. One last segment. Brandon. Give us a player or two that should have came to Mobile to prove their draft stock that didn't, that could have really benefited from a week down in Mobile. Ooh, that's, that, is, that is a tough one. Zach, can you give yours first? Because I've, I've got to think about this for a second. <laughs> you see, guys, this is this is why you know Brandon is 
slacking here. And, you know, I'm going to pick my first one here, Brandon. This is going to come as a surprise to a lot of people, including you. I think it should have been Justin Fields. Okay. And the reason I say Justin Fields is because there are so many questions about whether he, you know, where, where should he fall right now? I've seen mock drafts have him as high as second and then as low as like 16th. Yeah. I think I think if he could have came and I don't even want him to play, do like Mac Jones and don't play in the game, but come down and practice and just get get some questions answered in terms of your passing ability, et cetera, et cetera. And I think he could have really solidified that number two spot. And I think this goes for a few people. Three of my players are quarterbacks. I think Fields should have went. I think Kyle Trask should have went. And I definitely think Trey Lance should have went. Right. Trey Lance played one game this year, Brandon. Yeah, and it's still, I mean, I get it. Trey Lance has the kind of hype that Jamie Newman had last season, right? That, I, I, I think know. it's even. I think it's even more than Jamie Newman. I mean, this kid's talking about being a top ten pick, right? <laughs> that's that's fair enough. I mean, because it's most of the mock drafts I've seen have Lawrence going one, Zach Wilson going two, and then it's either Trey Lance or Justin Fields for the most part, right? So, you know, I, that's a. Uh, I don't. I don't. I think those two guys were really the main ones I thought about when I was like, you know, I get Kellamon, Jamie Newman, all these guys, but if you're Trey Lance or Justin Fields, just go and work out and answer some of those questions, especially Trey Lance, because you didn't even play. Yeah, I mean that, that's true, and I don't know, man. That's that did give me an idea though. So <laughs> I've uh, <laughs> go ahead, man. Yeah. Go ahead. I, I just – I feel like they're – if you opted out of the season or if you um, not even necessarily opted out, like in the beginning, maybe if you decided at some point during the season that you weren't going to play, um, and I get it, it is the senior bowl. Did they, didn't they relax the rules a little bit this year, right? Yeah. So, Am I wrong? Yeah, cause you, yeah they, they relaxed them just a little bit. Because I know that last year they started the thing where if you graduated, you could go to the senior bowl, uh, even if you were a junior, and that's why Lloyd Cushenberry got to go. Um, <laughs> but ah, oh, never mind, never mind. I, I take it back. I've, 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 I'm in shambles over here, Zach. Um, <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> I, I, I've been really struggling with this question ever since you sent it to me. That's a because tough I, one for you, man. I don't know. Well, and the thing is, we've been we've been sitting here this entire time since we started this episode or last episode for the uh, preview sitting here talking about the like incredible number of players who actually decided they were going to go to the senior bowl this year, because that's not like normal, you know, Mm -hmm. you don't get like the best of the best players in the senior bowl year after year. Last year, the best player I was probably in the senior bowl was Justin Herbert. And then there was a big gap between him and the second best player in the senior bowl. So this this year we had three of like the five Hosman finalists. That's what I'm saying. And and so it's tough to say, um, the player that came to my mind, and he's not a senior. I don't think he graduated, so I didn't want to say him. Um, so I can't really. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to go forward with my thought process there. <laughs> go ahead and give it, bro. It don't even matter. I'm, this I'm is our podcast. We run because, this. We because, run this. Because guess what? If he couldn't have gone to the Senior Bowl, I'm gonna get some text being like, "Hey, guess what, man? He could not have gone to the Senior Bowl this year." So do your research. <laughs> I need I'm to know like, who well, this is. I'll crack it up. This is too Jamar much. Chase. It's Jamar Chase. It's Jamar Chase. 
because I think he could. If, if, I think he could have went. Well, especially since there's no combine. That's what I, that's, that was what I was thinking. But I would want him. I would want to see him play after a year when he's still being talked. Like he's still in consideration to be in like drafted in the first round. I get it. He's dropped like his draft stock has dropped like tremendously. I don't get how his draft stock drops when everyone else goes up for sitting out, but whatever. Um, his who's dropped. went up? Who's went up sitting out? I, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, there's Trey Lance. Trey Lance. Trey Lance is about the same. Yeah, but I mean, he's bit okay. When he was playing last season, there was no, there were no analysts saying, "Oh, he's going to be in the top 10. Yes, he, yes, they were. They were saying that when he was, was going to be one last of the t- season. Who? Trey Lance? What, what, who? Yeah, last season yes. in 2019. The, yes, the, the rankings were Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance last year by far. And this year he's dropped down because Zach Wilson's automatically second now, apparently. Well, this is wild. This is this is a bad showing for me, guys. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> no, this is going cha- this is going right up there as Brandon's <laughs> worst episode since the national championship recap last year. I haven't, and I haven't been drinking. This is the fun part. I wish at this point I wish I was. I wish I had it. Yeah, <laughs> at least the words aren't slurred this episode. <laughs> I, I'm still repeating myself just as much though. That that's a fact. That episode was like an hour and a half of just Brandon saying the same thing like six times. We were recording at like two a.m. That's a tough look. That's a tough look. But yeah, I I and you know I think I think there's just like a long list of players that opted out of the season that I would like to see, like Javon Holland. I would have right. loved to see him come down from Oregon, play with his teammate Thomas Graham. I, that would have been a huge one. I think Justin Fields, I think Trey Lance, definitely. And I think even Kyle Trask, there's still so many questions about Kyle Trask. If he comes down and puts on a show, are we talking about maybe he'll be drafted above someone like Mac Jones or even right. or, or or even someone like Trey Lance who's got a lot of question marks around him? I think these guys are some people who I, – I, I know that you know they might not always come to the Senior Bowl, but I think they – definitely definitely could have came this year with no combine and really put on a show in practice and then maybe not even play the game because everyone's saying Mac Jones is a winner and he didn't even play a snap because Mac Jones balled out in practice so he he improved his stock and I think Kyle Trask and these guys could have done similar stuff there yeah uh I would have also liked to see um some other players that probably weren't eligible to play I want to see Micah Parsons play in the senior bowl I want to see Panay Suell show up for the Senior Bowl. I think both of them graduated. I think they're both juniors who graduated. So they could have played. Wow. I mean, that's disrespectful to the Senior Bowl. Well, I don't know if they graduated. I know they were were, were like juniors. So, I mean, they definitely could have been eligible if they graduated. I don't think they left school. So they they definitely could have. I just – I think someone like Panay Suell, there's – like you're already going to be a top three pick. I mean – yeah. No, I agree. It really no response. I, I agree with I agree with Michael Parsons. That would have been an awesome showing. I mean, especially with how the linebackers look this week. That man, could you imagine the national team with Michael Parsons at the middle linebacker spot? Yeah, that'd be wild. That'd be disgusting. Straight disgusting. But guys, that is a wrap from us down in Mobile, man. We have we shout out to the senior bowl for letting us get them credentials again. I don't know why y'all let some two dudes like this get credentials, but y'all do. So we appreciate it. It was a blast covering this. They're going to listen to this episode and revoke my, my credentials next year. 
They should. I'm gonna, I'm not even going to let you apply for yourself. I'll apply for myself <laughs> next year. you got to stay home and think about this performance today. Listen, I need y'all to vote. Who had a worse performance this weekend, Brandon tonight or, or Jamie Newman in the game on Saturday? That would be a good race <laughs> yeah. there. That's a tough look for B-Dub. But, guys, y'all know where to find us, man. Instagram at the underscore Blue Bloods. Twitter at the underscore underscore Blue Bloods. Facebook at the Blue Bloods pod. Uh, YouTube, the Blue Bloods or the Blue Bloods CFB podcast. Guys, big announcement today, man. We have a special segment coming up, and it's going to start in February with the ACC. So we got the ACC in 28 days. We're going to have someone from every school in the ACC come on here and talk that team with us, talk ACC football. We already got some people lined up, so stay tuned for that. We also got uh, some other special guests lined up, so make sure to keep subscribe, like, rate the podcast. That way, y'all get all the notifications, man. Y'all want, y'all don't want to miss this. So stay tuned for ACC in 28 days. But guys, we will be back later this week with some all-season storylines and some best of 2020 moments. But for right now, we out.